Hello everyone. Welcome to my show Career Startup Podcast, a podcast to spotlight world-class Asian entrepreneurs, C-suite executives, leaders and allies who provide insights from their personal journey to inspire you. And this is your host Priyanka Komla joining you on our 55th episode of Career Startup Podcast. Again a big thank you to all our loyal listeners for your kind support and always being there for us and inspiring us. And today I have a wonderful guest with me but before i reveal that i'm going to remind you to continue to subscribe to us by following me priyanka komla and a career startup podcast page to receive our linkedin live notifications also do follow us on our youtube channel at twitter and your favorite podcast streaming platforms with that being said i'm going to unveil my special guest for the day who i see as an ally and a first generation immigrant who's making strides as one of the powerful women in technology in the field of data science. Hi Merev, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. So Merev, you're of Lipker is a wonderful women leader in tech and I'm so honored Merev that you've taken the time amidst your busy schedule as a startup founder to be part of the Career Startup podcast. My pleasure. I I'm looking forward to this. Thank you Merev and to our listeners why you should be listening to this episode well we're going to talk all about data science Merev is the CEO and co-founder of Data Society which is based out of Washington DC here in the US and as i mentioned is uh, Data Society is a company is one of the top 10 companies that Forbes has mentioned as a, the top 8 companies that we'll have to look out for so i'm super excited Merev to bring you on the show and learn more about the field of data science itself Thank you very much. All right, so Merev has over 12 years of experience as uh, you know as part of teaching, curriculum design and education analysis and through her company Data Society, she leads the implementation and evaluation of customized corporate data science training programs as well as provide consulting services to transform businesses. And she builds all of these on real world cases and as you know, our podcast is more focused on real people and real issues data society works with staff at every level from executive to analyst to bridge the data communication gap and empower professionals to solve tough challenges and the best part about all is data society is bootstrapped and is 80% women staff driven so that's super exciting to have a women cheerleader like you madam yes it's it's really an honor for me to uh, to be here and to get to that point Awesome. Thank you. So I have a couple of uh, our listeners tuning in whom I'm going to say a quick, quick hello. We'll start with Hina Girdhar. Hi Hina. Uh, Hina's from India and she's uh, focused on data sciences and is also looking for internships in data science so she's super excited to be on the show. Welcome. We have Manpreet. Manpreet is a rising star in the field of artificial intelligence and was one of my previous guests. I should say the 50th milestone episode guest on my show. So Thanks Manpreet for joining us. We also have Gaurav Kumar Sahu from Dubai. Hey Gaurav. We have Rubinia from Denton, Texas. She's a PhD student at UNT and we're super excited to have you all. And Merev has already started her questions. So we'll get to Merev's questions uh Manpreet's questions shortly Merev. So let's start with your childhood. You know I'm super impressed that you're a first generation immigrant who has made strides as a woman in the field of tech how does it look back when you look at your cultural roots and where you are today as a ceo 
That's a great question. Uh, so I am first generation. My parents uh, immigrated to the United States back in the 1970s. And they've always instilled a love of learning in me as well as the importance of education. I think that's where it started. And my parents also emphasized the ability for us to be able to do what we wanted. And as long as we gave it our full effort, that was what was most important. So I had never originally intended to start a business. Uh, I didn't really even know that that was possible uh, un until much later. But when I saw this opportunity to help craft a new set of skills for professionals, and we saw a need for people to better understand how to use data, I fell in love with it. Uh, from the moment I started working on it with my co-founder. And I was still working another full-time job at the time. Most startup founders, unless they have a large infusion of capital, tend to be juggling a few jobs at the same time. And I just remember thinking how exciting it was for me to be able to build something and have it impact uh, individuals and eventually impact companies and impact industries. So that love of learning and that um, ability to per to to persevere in the face of challenges uh, really came from my childhood and, and helped me through uh, to where I am now. That's such a fabulous insight into your life. And, you know, kudos to you for pivoting data society several times to ensure you adapt to the changing times as well. And we'll get to that in a little bit. I'm going to get started with my first question. Uh, as Manpri has rightly pointed out, what does it take to be a data scientist? And just walk us through how do you define data science as well? We define data science as the intersection of three different skill sets. The first is programming. Uh, that's really just telling a computer what you want it to do, so understanding that language. The second piece of it is math and statistics, understanding uh, the calculations that happen behind it, understanding the assumptions that go into any algorithm that you need. And the third piece we like to call industry experience uh, and industry knowledge. And what that means is that uh, it's very important for you to understand the challenges that a specific industry faces. Because at the end of the day, if you create an amazing algorithm, but it doesn't actually end up solving the, the problem at hand, then it doesn't matter. So it's really important for every data scientist to be in tune with the industry that they're working in, in order to understand how to leverage their capabilities to solve difficult challenges. The way that I like to describe data science succinctly is we're quantifying the relationships around us. That's what we're doing. We're finding the patterns that exist underneath and bringing them to light and understanding uh, how we can learn from them, how we can anticipate trends and solve uh, challenges that we're facing. In terms of what it takes to be a data scientist, this is a question that's not easy to answer, and nor will I give a good one uh, or, or a complete one today. Hopefully, it will be a good one. I would always recommend to have a base level of knowledge in mathematics and in programming, especially if you want to take it to the next level and and perform um, more advanced calculations. What we do at Data Society is take industry experts, take professionals at companies, and give them those skill sets. Because what we found takes years of experience 
is the actual work experience in a particular industry. And once individuals understand, here are the main challenges that we need to solve, if we layer on top of that the programming skills so they feel comfortable working in Python or in R, for example, and give them the knowledge uh, in the mathematical skills that they need behind the algorithms, we found that that is really transformative to the way that an individual works and the way that an organization is run. So what I would say is even if you don't have experience in programming, you don't have experience in math, don't let that stop you. If this is a field that you're really interested in, there are plenty of opportunities to skill up and to pursue that as a career. Thank you so much, Mira, for that wonderful insights into what the field of data science entails. And as you mentioned, it's always hard to figure out or quantify, you know, here are the traits that you're looking for in a data scientist, right? So it's always helpful to our audience in that. And to our listeners, keep those questions coming. One lucky winner is going to get a free 30-minute exclusive mentoring session with Merrill. So here's your chance to grab that uh, you know, wonderful opportunity. And Merrill is an amazing mentor uh, for women in tech and you know, for anybody out there. So put your questions hat on, and we look forward to more of them. All right, we have a handful of other questions coming in, which I'm going to quickly roll into. This one is from uh, Rubini, I believe. Uh, she thanks you for being here. And the question is, as a data scientist, do you always need to have 50% of statistics and 50% of software engineering? Or how does that weight of speciali specialization vary? That's a great question. It varies depending on what you want to go into. Software engineering is tangential to data science, but I wouldn't necessarily conflate the two and say that they're the same thing. When we're focused on software engineering, uh, at least the way that we define it at Data Society is focusing more on the development of software, so the building of software. When we're looking at the languages that we need, that's probably more heavy in, in Java um, and JavaScript and looking more heavily into database architecture. When we're talking about data science, we're looking specifically at building the algorithms cleaning data, collecting data, communicating those insights effectively. So those are slightly different fields. 50% of statistics, I think, is a great start if you uh, are in data science. If you want to go into software engineering, I don't know if you need to be that heavy in the mathematics. It really depends on, on the way that you want to go. Uh, so I would say think through what skills you want uh, to hone and then maybe where that can fit in within the, that industry that you're looking at. Thank you, Mera, for that. We have another question from Hina. Hina wants to move from teaching to data science, and she's currently an assistant professor back in India. What are some tips that you would provide, given she's pursuing her PhD and it's her research field? Great question. I'm assuming that the, the teaching is in a field of data science. I think I'm reading that correctly. What I would say is the best way that I know to get into the professional data science field is to have a strong portfolio and excellent communication skills. What I mean by that is as you're doing your research or if you're pursuing passion projects on the side, create a website, create a GitHub account where you can post 
your thoughts, where you can post your line of thinking, how you approach a challenge and how you solved it. Because that's very helpful to prospective employers to be able to look at your skills outside of the interviews. A strong portfolio is such a huge asset to you. So I highly, highly recommend doing that and building that up. And the other piece of the puzzle is becoming a com an effective communicator. One of the key challenges for many data scientists is be to be able to communicate their insights effectively with managers and with executives who do not necessarily understand what data science is, what these insights are, and the ability to break down complex ideas into uh, layman's terms and step-by-step -step visuals is crucial. And that's a very strong trait that will serve you well in that career especially as your teacher, that's my background as well. I, I think you would already have a really strong base in that communication level because you've been doing that so many times. So that is a really um, big asset that you have already. Thanks for that question, Hina. And we wish you good luck as you make this tra uh, transition as well. And Merav, you bring up a very good point because this is one of the challenges for a lot of us in the tech field. We are good at coding or you know, how do you handle the technology? But how do you really articulate through storytelling on what you're doing and why you're doing and the impact that it creates is always a challenge. And you had such wonderful insights on how do you actually create your brand parallel to the data and the technical knowledge that you have? And we, we know how difficult that is. We specifically developed a course called Data Storytelling uh, to help data professionals also understand how to weave a story to make it impactful. One of the key things that we always recommend, especially if it's a larger project, is to start with a story. Is there a particular data point? Is there an individual that was impacted by a policy that succeeded? And by telling that humanistic story before diving into the numbers, you're helping connect people uh, from the numbers to, to the actual impact that this algorithm or this product has. So by doing that, you are creating that connection that can lead to further insights and further action. That's pretty awesome. So let's talk a little bit about Data Society, your startup that's currently in bootstrap mode, and it has 80% of women as staff. How does it feel running a startup? It feels great. <laughs> it uh, is really exciting for me to see how much we've grown since we've started in 2014. For me, what's most exciting is the ability to see the impact that we have on the companies that we work with, uh, where we're able to see students who can build informative dashboards that they weren't able to previously, or a task that used to take someone 40 hours uh, can now be automated into a five minute task because they automated uh, a lot of that cleaning and the processing that they had to do manually. For me, that's exciting because I'm an educator and I love to see the light bulb go off and help empower those individuals. You know, one of the most exciting pieces as we've grown is to see how important data has become in everyday life. That was our thesis back in 2014 and it still holds true to this day. The two things that have made data science so much more powerful in recent years are it, the amount of data that we have access to is much, much greater than we've ever had access to before. So being able to look at individual level data 
is something we weren't able to do maybe 15 years ago. That's one way that data science has become more powerful. And the other way is simply the computing power that we now have at our fingertips. The computer that you're on, the computer that I'm on, this type of computing power also didn't exist 15 years ago. Now we have the capability to process large amounts of data that we didn't have before on computers that we didn't have before. And that's why I think we're seeing such a shift where now individuals can do these types of algorithms uh, and run them on their own laptops as opposed to needing to book time in a lab, for example. So seeing those two factors has really helped accelerate the adoption of data analytics in companies today. So how do you find the reception with you know, government agencies or corporate organizations in terms of embracing data science as part of the work culture? We're seeing a huge embrace on both sides. We work a lot with government agencies and we also do a lot of work with, with, corporate, age, uh, with corporate companies as well. And I think it's widely accepted across the board that data is a necessity. What we're seeing now that has shifted, I would say, in the past five years is the acknowledgement that you don't just need to hire data scientists, but you need to train your staff to be data literate. And what do we mean by that? We need to train our staff to make sure that they understand how to ask the right questions of data, how to do some simple data queries. Do they understand the power and the potential of data science? And what we're doing by training up uh, the general staff as well as the executive staff is we're helping eliminate that communication gap so that everyone can speak to each other in the same language. And that is what really supercharges companies to work together and become more efficient. And that's an exciting change to be a part of. That's fascinating to know. And I really agree on the fact that data literacy is something that every staff in an organization needs to be empowered with. So it's not just a select group of people who understand how to really visualize all of this information and provide insights. Exactly, exactly. So that's a nice segue to one of our questions from Manpreet. So there are different ways in which you characterize people who work in the field of data science. You have data engineers, data analysts, data scientists. How do you delineate between these different types of roles? Great question. I'll start with data analyst first because in my mind, that's the first, that's the foundational block of a data science job. When we speak about data analysts, we're not necessarily talking about doing a lot of higher level model building. Uh, data analysts are individuals who solve problems about data collection, data cleaning, and data visualization. That's really the first step for any project, for any data science project. And it's very important because without good data, you won't have a good model. There's a saying in data science, and I think in many other research fields, garbage in, garbage out, right? So if you have bad data, you are not going to get a good outcome. So that's what a data analyst does. The data scientist takes that to the next level and is able to formulate right questions, and then also run those predictive models and also communicate them well with management, clients, with staff. So they are on that next level. Now, you're asking about a data engineer, and that's a great question. Where we see data engineers fitting in is really in the architecture of an organization. So for example, we're talking about data collection, but where to store the data? Is it on a distributed database? 
Is it in the cloud? Is it lost in a bunch of Excel files on people's laptops, which we see many times before? A data engineer helps build that architecture and also thinks through the data security aspect of it. How secure is your data? How accessible is your data? Um, and those topics we see falling more in the data engineering side as opposed to the data science side. So from a career standpoint, out of all these different roles, where do you think young professionals should look to position themselves in the long term? Ooh, good question. I think it depends on what they're most interested in, to be honest, because the wonderful thing about data science is that it can be applied in virtually any industry. We're seeing a lot of work going now into education, healthcare, finance. Uh, I read a case study about a sushi restaurant that did analytics on the amount of sushi that, that their customers ate so that they could order um, the right types of ingredients and cut down on food waste. Not something I've thought of before, but that's a possibility as well. So the question is, where's your area of expertise already? And what are you most interested in researching and, and pursuing? And I think based on that, you'll be able to see what opportunities are available in that industry, whether it's in data science or in data engineering or, or in software development. Thanks, Mera, for that insights. And thank you, Manpreet, for that question as well. So I'm thinking from a global perspective with the COVID pandemic, is data science the next big thing that you foresee in the future? I think it, it already is. Uh, COVID has put an urgency on some types of data that we haven't seen previously, specifically looking at community detection and network analysis. How does a virus spread throughout a community has become crucial to helping slow it down. Also understanding testing protocols and understanding the statistics uh, within a community about who's testing positive is incredibly uh, important. What we're seeing is where the difficulty is, is in that data collection and the data reporting. Because we're talking about an entire population of the world, over 8 billion people, and that is where there's always concern about under-reporting. Uh, there's concerns that, um, you know, people are, are not going in for testing or that when they get sick, um, you know, they're not being seen by doctors and that does skew the numbers. So what I think is really important to remember is, like we said before, this data is incredibly important to help us stop the pandemic, but we have to assume that there is some error in terms of the data because we're only human, right? And we have to anticipate that. Um, so the way that scientists and data scientists have been picking up pieces of data for COVID to help uh, understand the pandemic and stop the pandemic has been very interesting uh, in the past six months. Yeah, and it's very impressive to see how data can actually uh, help you glean insights on recurring patterns through which policy decisions can be made as well. Absolutely. That's pretty awesome. So what kind of resources would you point our listeners to to embrace themselves into the field of data science? The first resource I would say uh, is, uh, of course, our website, datasociety.com. We do have some content that is available for free for anybody who wants to sign up. If you're interested in training at your organization or 
or you want to have a discussion about how to become more data-driven, I always recommend emailing us at hello at datasociety.com because we always love having those conversations. If you're looking about how to train up, there are so many great resources on the internet if you just want to practice your coding. Uh, Stack Overflow, if you're already a programmer but looking for a specific solution, stackoverflow.com is where I've seen the solution to every question that you've had. So. Um, Something to note, if you're ever feeling a little bit overwhelmed by starting to program, let me tell you, any problem that you've had, hundreds and thousands of people have had that problem before and they've solved it and it's on the internet. Uh, don't be afraid to Google. Some of my uh, strongest programmers know how, you know, I see them Googling multiple times a day to make sure that any new issues that come up, they're able to solve. Uh, so I would encourage anyone to, to go look up those those resources as well. Anaconda um, that, that runs Python programming, which is one of the most popular data science tools. They have a lot of really great tutorials, as does R and RStudio, which is the other programming language that's most used by data scientists. So both of those organizations, again, have really great tutorials to get started. That's awesome. And we have the email address flashing on the screen for people who want to reach to Data Society and learn more about how to be a data-driven professional so you're positioning yourself for a hot career in 2021 exactly. and beyond. Absolutely. All right. So, you know, I wanted to touch a little base into who Merv is as a person. How does it feel to be a woman entrepreneur in this space? Are there any challenges that you face on an ongoing basis? I would say earlier on, there were a few more challenges than there are today. And I think part of that is because we hadn't really proven ourselves as a company. And I also didn't feel as confident as I do now. Uh, my earlier years, I had faced some skepticism, I would say, from some people that I spoke to. That was challenging. That was challenging. And the way that I overcame it is just have to prove yourself. Um, that's the only way to do it. You have to prove that you're good and you have to prove that you're better. And that's what we did, and that's where we are today, is by getting to that point. I think what's really interesting is simply the number of communities that have come out, specifically for, for female leaders in tech, for women in tech. We're seeing a lot more support than there was a few years ago, and it's very encouraging for me. Uh, like you said, also about 80% of our company is, is, uh, is made up of women, and we're, we're helping train up the, you know, that next generation of data scientists, and that's a very exciting for me to do as well. So while it was a bit more difficult in the early years, things are moving in a direction and we're seeing a lot of support uh, from, from people, you know, from women around the world. That's awesome. And I'm so glad you've always taken things in a positive spirit. And to our listeners, Merav is a very optimistic, uh, you know, high-spirited person. You know, anytime you get to meet her, she's always like energetic and is always full of positivity. So that really is very infectious to people around you. Thank you. It, it's very helpful, I would say, to have a positive attitude in, in this type of career path. That's very true. So tell me this, Merv, when you started Data Society, what was your vision and how have you pivoted over these years? When we initially started in 2014, we started as a B2C model, business to consumer, where we reached out to individuals and invited them to come to open enrollment classes. What we found is that we got a lot of requests from those individuals to come to a training at their company. And we saw that there was a need 
for in-person trainings, now live streaming because of COVID, for customized training. So we customize our content to fit that company's specific use cases, their data, so that it's even more impactful. And we pivoted because that there was a huge need in the space for that. And we didn't see a lot of competition at that point. And frankly, I still don't think there's a ton of competition uh, in that field because most uh, new companies that start love the online model and the asynchronous learning. And we love that too. We actually find that is very complimentary to us as a business because it's really useful to have something on call to click on into to get a quick lesson. But when we're talking about actually skilling up and understanding how to apply that skill back into your work into a project, if you're doing a capstone project with us, that's where we really come in handy because we can supercharge that learning process. And instead of spending hours searching for YouTube videos or Googling, you have an expert at your fingertips as your instructor, as your TA that can can give you that answer. And that's the value that we provide. You know, providing more customized on-demand solutions, you know, depending on who your consumer is, is always key to having a successful startup. And I'm so glad you're acing it as that part. I'm just curious, Merv, what advice would you give to your younger self? <laughs> what advice would I give to my younger self? I would tell her to worry a little less and also to uh, remember that business isn't everything. You know, there are always challenges when you're running any company. Um, and it's really important when those challenges appear to take a step back and remember, um, you know, family, friends, the people who are around you, who support you. And I feel very grateful for not only my family members, but just my friends who have uh, supported me during a lot of times in the past six years. And, you know, even if there is a low moment in a company, you know, time heals all wounds, I would say nothing lasts forever, right? So even if there's a bad day, that day ends, and then there's another day to look forward to. So I think keeping that perspective in mind is crucial. And I wish I had had that sooner. Uh, but it's good to have it now. That's amazing. And thanks for being open about, you know, some of these challenges that we face as human, right? And especially as women, you know, overthinking is something that we do. So it's just part <laughs> of a human trait. <laughs> yeah. It's, and it's it really uh, important to practice gratefulness, I think, as much as you can, because it helps keep a positive attitude, as you said, and it also helps with challenges. One of the things that I really love doing are solving challenges. And so if there is a roadblock that comes up to me, that's another challenge to solve. And looking at it in that way helps um, bring things in perspective to help with that creative process to solve those challenges. And it's definitely a mindset shift. You know, the more uh, grateful you are about life, the more you're rewiring your brain to think in a certain different way. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so we have a fun rapid fire round for you. Are you ready for it? Okay, yeah. So you tell me the first thing that comes to your mind in one word if possible. The first question I have for you is role model. Mary Barra, the CEO of GM. She's such a fantastic leader out there during these tough times. Yeah. 
What does happiness mean to Merev? Fulfillment. What is one fun thing about Merev that's exclusive to our listeners? <laughs> um, a fun thing. I hate mannequins. <laughs> it's a very odd trait. I just, I don't like mannequins and windows. You know, store mannequins. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Do you love shopping? <laughs> Not a ton. So that might be something to do with it. <laughs> hey, you know what? In the world of online shopping, you can deal with not. I can find my way around. Anymore, right? yeah, yeah, you can find I'm a way around it. Thankful for the internet for that. I know. One uh, last question. What is your native language and one word to describe yourself in it? My native language is Hebrew. And one word I would use would be chazaka, uh, which means strong. And that's a great way to reflect on who Merav is as a person, which I can watch for. You know, a very strong, powerful woman. And that explains the recognition that you've got for Data Society as one of the, the top 10 educational tech companies to look for by Forbes, as well as the top Women of the Year tech awards. How do you feel with all of these accomplishments? It feels great to be recognized. Uh, I, I would say that recognition really goes to my team because I am only as good as the people who work at our company. And I'm so, so grateful for the amazing uh, team that we have who work with us to build the company that we have today. So any recognition that we get should really go directly to them. And my goal is, is to shepherd them and make sure that we are providing a good environment for them to work in and to thrive in. Uh, and um, that's how I see myself. But our, our team is really amazing. And any recognition that we get is, is due to them. Thanks for being such a humble leader. It's always amazing to see people like you who always take the team along with you, no matter what the situations are. It's true. You know, I, I wouldn't say it if it weren't true. That's awesome. So as a quick reminder to our listeners, we still have a couple more minutes before we wrap up this episode to put in your questions or put in one key takeaway that you want to share with Merav that you've learned from her day. So feel free to do that. So Merav, how do you feel about being on Career Startup Podcast and why do you think people should listen to this podcast? I have had such a wonderful time on this podcast. What I love uh, about Curry Up Startup is the fact that you're not only integrating questions from the audience to so that makes it more interactive, but you're going beyond the business and asking about uh, the person behind it. And I think that's incredibly useful for people to listen so that they can identify themselves more with the individual and, and not just looking at the company. I think that's incredibly valuable. Uh, and it's also valuable to showcase the diversity that of leadership that is in uh, the, the space. Uh, representation matters, right? And it's increasingly important that we showcase that. Thank you so much for your kind words. And we really appreciate having wonderful guests like you who provide insights about the companies that they lead, but at the same time, their personal journey, which is very inspiring. Thank you. And, and I love the questions that you ask. Very encouraging, really open, uh, nice dialogue. So uh, this has really been a pleasure. It's one of the fun parts of my job is I get to have these types of conversations. I know. Before I let you go, our listeners are still very interested to learn more from you. So I have one uh, more question for you. It's from, it's from Manpreet. What is an interesting data science or artificial intelligence-based application that you're totally blown away by? 
Oh, I actually just saw an interesting one that we integrated into an executive data science training that we did recently, where there was a data scientist who got bored during quarantine and he had a, has a smart home and he created an AI algorithm to determine whether a room was clean or not. And he had children and the algorithm, uh, you know, the, the artificial intelligence um, algorithm that he created could then determine whether or not the kids could turn on the TV or not based on whether the room was clean. So they would say, you know, Alexa, turn on the TV and the, uh, they would take a picture and they would scan it and they would say, okay, well, it's clean your room first and then you can watch TV. So the kids would then clean their room and then the TV would turn on. And I just think that's such a creative application of uh, image recognition and, and machine learning uh, algorithms. So that was a fun one that I saw recently. That's really creative. It takes the pressure out of parenting. Exactly, exactly. Um, and it is really funny to see this new generation of children growing up and walking into a room and asking the room to turn the lights on. That's fascinating to me. And uh, we'll see how that progresses. You know, I've been a, a user of Alexa, like trying to integrate its skills as part of my smart home. So I can sense the next generation of creativity happening. So, but those are good thoughts for me to think about as well. Yeah, if you have some free time on your hands. <laughs> I, I wish I had. <laughs> All right, we're going to take in some closing comments. And uh, here we go. So this is from Rubinia. She's very inspired about your journey, your persistence, your hard work. So thanks so much for sharing all of that. And we have one from Satya, a very interesting subject and informative and helpful. Thanks so much, Satya. Uh, yeah, it's always nice to engage with our listeners to get live feedback. So you can have conversations on issues that we really care about and get some ideas. What is one parting thought that you would have for our listeners? That you should have a clear idea in mind. And if you have one, pursue it. What I've found over the years is that there's no challenge that can't be overcome or at least gone around. And if you have the determination and if you have that end vision in mind and you have a supportive team around you, it's 100% possible to get done. I did not know data science before I started this company. I did not know programming before. And I learned it along the way. And in fact, everything that I've done in my career, I've done for the first time running this company. And I think that's an important reminder that uh, just because you haven't done something before, it doesn't mean that you can't do it. And it's important to, to try and analyze the results and then try again if that didn't work. And I think as long as you're able to do that, you'll make a lot of headway in whatever project you choose to pursue. Thank you for those wonderful parting thoughts, Madam. So it's drum roll time to pick our lucky winner for that exclusive mentoring session with you. And we have three people who are queued up for this. One is Manpreet, uh, shared a couple of questions uh, about AI application and the field about data science, the different roles. We also have Hina, she was asking about the transition into data science. And we also had Rubinia, I'm just gonna pull up her question about how statistics and software engineering weigh in. So whom are you picking out of these three winners? 
Oh, I have to pick. <laughs> you didn't know the tough question was coming in. That's that's the toughest question I've gotten to date. Can we, I'll tell you what, can we do this? Can you number them in your head one, two, and three, and I'll pick a number. And, and that way it'll be random. Okay. okay, okay, just give me a moment. I'm gonna say, okay, I have it. One, okay. two, three, which one is yours? Let's pick three. Okay, that's Hina Girdar, who's from India. So she's the lucky winner to win a mentoring session with Merav, the CEO of Data Society. So Hina, congratulations. Congratulations. And I'm gonna connect you with uh, Merav offline so you can take it on from here and get to learn wonderful insights from uh, from her. So congrats again, Hina. And I'm gonna put a quick note so she gets a chance to see it as well. What's next for you, Merav? What's on your bucket list of things to do? Take a vacation. <laughs> That's very hard as an entrepreneur, right? It's hard, but it's important uh, to you know. If you're burnt out, it's not helpful to anyone. I. What's next on my bucket list? I'm really looking forward to more of these opportunities. I'm looking forward to continuing to grow our team and to work with a lot of other companies and start to see that industry shift uh, so that people can work more efficiently and, and feel more effective. What we found is with the people that we work with and the students that we have, when they feel more empowered, it's a really good feeling for them. And that's not only helpful in solving challenges for their constituents and for their clients, but it's also helpful in their career. And just seeing more of that is what I'm looking forward to. Well, I'm quite sure you'll take some time off for your self-care routines as well as part of the the marathon journey of being an entrepreneur. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much, Merav. That was such a wonderful show with you. And thanks so much amidst your busy schedule. I know how, how important it is to uh, take time for yourself, but you've taken time for us and our listeners, which we really appreciate. And thanks to our wonderful listeners for tuning in and for the great questions, Manpreet, Hina, Rubinia. Keep those questions coming along and feel free to connect with Merav uh, as well. So it's always uh, important to keep these ongoing conversations. I do have uh, somebody else joining in. Hi, Ritu. Thanks for joining us from New York. And uh, we really appreciate all the wonderful uh, nuggets of wisdom that you've shared as part of it. For me personally, you know, the key takeaway is every problem has a solution and somebody has already figured out the solution. It's just trying to figure out what that is. So you're exactly. not reinventing the wheel, right? Yeah. Exactly. And taking it a step further, figuring out how you can improve on it uh, is right. always a great. I yeah. love your CEO hat. You know, that's always nice to surround yourself with smart people, right? Who push you to that extra level. Oh, I always like to hire people who are smarter than me. If I do that, I've done my job. I know. And I'm, you're doing a pretty good job. So congratulations on all your accomplishments with Data Society. And we wish you all the very best with your ongoing endeavors. And we look forward to continuing to support you, Meta, in any capacity that we can as well. Thank you so much, Priyanka, and thank you to everyone who tuned in. This was a really wonderful experience. Thanks, Merev. And to our listeners, I hope you enjoyed this episode with Merev. And uh, these key takeaways are always very important from a life perspective as well as from a career perspective as well. So until another episode with another interesting guest, this is your host, Priyanka Komla, signing off from Career Startup Podcast, a podcast to spotlight world-class Asian leaders, entrepreneurs, C-suite executives, and allies like Merev who can inspire us with your personal journey. And to our listeners, do continue to subscribe to us by hitting that subscribe icon if you're on YouTube. And do follow me, Priyanka Komla, 
for your LinkedIn live notifications, as well as our Career Startup podcast page. And follow us at Pod Startup on Twitter to get all your latest notifications. So until another episode, this is Priyanka saying goodbye and hope you have a wonderful rest of the day.